Good morning. Good morning. I just want to thank God for the season of prayer that we had uh, prior to this message, and we're looking forward to what God wants to do this morning in Matthew 13. If you'll turn to Matthew uh, 13 with me, we'll be looking at the uh, parable of the mustard seed. It's found in verses 31 and 32. Matthew 13. And while you're looking that up, I'd like you just to think for a moment with me about what happened uh, that day when Jesus uh, fed the 5,000 uh, uh, men, not counting the women and children, and what it must have been like uh, that day when there was a mother who prepared a meal uh, for her son, a little lad, uh, the five loaves and the two fishes, and uh, it was one of those ordinary, common, everyday types of tasks that a mother uh, would do in the kitchen. And yet, uh, that particular uh, meal that she prepared that day was to be the means of God working in a very supernatural way to meet the needs of a lot of people. And uh, then the, the boy was able to uh, give that to the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus was able to multiply it uh, so that miracles were accomplished in the meeting of needs. And uh, in this particular message, I wish we could have had uh, the Lorios sing again. They sung it once before uh, when I asked them uh, if there's any way we could sing the, the song, Little is Much when God is in it. Uh, God delights to work in the least, the littlest, and the last. God delights to show His strength in our weakness. Uh, the Bible tells us very clearly that we are not sufficient of ourself to think anything coming from ourselves. Every minute, every moment of every day, our sufficiency must constantly come from our abiding relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, the supernatural constant enabling of the Holy Spirit. That's why it says in uh, Ephesians, be ye being filled. It's a constant filling. It's a constant need, a constant dependency upon the supernatural indwelling uh, works of the Holy Spirit within us and through us, constantly abiding. Uh, Jesus uh, talked about in John 15, if we abide in Him and His words abide in us, then uh, there would be uh, the ability to pray properly, the ability to live properly, the ability to have spiritual fruit that remains. And so we are not sufficient of ourselves to think anything as coming from ourselves. We have the treasure of the Lord Jesus' life within us, but this treasure of His life within us is in very fragile, uh, very weak, very inadequate vessels. And the moment uh, we start thinking that uh, anything is coming from us, and the moment we start taking credit for anything that God is doing, uh, that's the moment we will uh, quench the Spirit, grieve the Spirit, and we will hinder 
the supernatural works of God through the ordinary, everyday, common things of life, which is what I believe the mustard seed parable is all about. Now, if uh, there were two character qualities uh, that I uh, would say that are vital and essential, uh, way at the very top of the list, as to the operation of God's kingdom. And that's what these mystery parables in Matthew uh, 13 are all about. It's all about the operation of God's kingdom. God working supernaturally through His church, through the body of Christ, in the church age, and uh, the kingdom of God coming in tangible, practical ways to earth. As the Lord said, when we're to pray, we're to pray, Thy kingdom come in our prayer life. And uh, we have the opportunity as believers, as we understand these mystery parables, to see God's kingdom uh, come in very powerful ways, regardless of what's going on in man's kingdom. Uh, God's kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and of his kingdom there is no end. And uh, the two character qualities that I, in these days, uh, I have really uh, been burdened about, and I think the Lord keeps bringing it back to me, that makes his kingdom so powerful. Uh, it, it's not like, um, it's not about our personality, it's not about our ability, it's not about our charm, it's not about our wit, it's not about all the normal types of things that you would uh, consider that uh, would, would make a man uh, qualified uh, for powerful things to happen in his life. Uh, God uh, uh, chooses to work in the weaknesses. The more we uh, recognize our weakness, the more God works supernaturally. And so one of those powerful operations of God's kingdom uh, has to do with these two character qualities, and especially in the uh, day and age in which we live, when there's so much unrest and so much insecurity and so much uh, uncertainties uh, that's going on in the kingdoms of man. Uh, the Lord said, Come unto me, all ye that are weary and are heavy laden, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me and be like me in these two character qualities and you will find rest for your soul. And I would like to say that as far as God's kingdom and this mustard seed faith and the powerful things that God wants to do for, from the mustard seed to the great tree where the birds of the air come and lodge, the increase and the impact, the powerful impact of his kingdom, these two character qualities are, are very important as far as God's operation in us so that God can do something through us. And so uh, those two character qualities that the Lord mentioned are meekness and lowliness. Meekness and lowliness. Uh, lowliness is recognizing, as I've already said, how weak we are, how inadequate we are, how insufficient we are. As the Lord Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Uh, lowliness is recognizing as uh, when Paul prayed about his uh, thorn in the flesh and he asked God uh, to take it away. And God said, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And Paul said, if that be the case, 
Uh, I will glory in this infirmity. I will glory in this uh, situation that God's allowed in my life. Because it's through my recognizing how weak I am that gives the opportunity for God's kingdom power and God's son, the king, to work supernaturally uh, through me so that God's kingdom can move forward. And so lowliness, uh, being humble, uh, having this mind which was also in Christ Jesus. Um, he says he emptied himself. He took upon himself the form of a servant. And so uh, there was a lowliness of mind. And then the other uh, character quality is meekness. And meekness is uh, we have to surrender our expectations to God. Uh, we have to surrender our, what we consider to be our rights to God. If we do not uh, surrender our expectations to God and our rights to God, we will not be able to have the composure. We will not be able to have the rest. We will not be able to have the peace. We will not be able to have the quietness in our soul. Instead of having those types of qualities in our soul, uh, when Jesus said, if you have these things, you will find rest for your soul. If you don't have these things, there'll be anger, there'll be bitterness, there'll be an unforgiving spirit, there'll be, uh, instead of rest in your soul, there'll be constant agitation, uh, constant unrest. And, and how can the works of God, the kingdom works of God, the kingdom power of God, how can the kingdom of God be made manifest if those around us don't see peace in our soul as believers. I, I tell you, one of the greatest miracle works of the kingdom of God's power in the mustard seed faith is us crying out to God in prayer with a smidgen of faith, asking God to supernaturally work in our soul that regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the tribulation, regardless of the confusion, Regardless of what's going on in man's kingdom, we have a confidence and a rest and a peace in our soul that passes a human understanding. Uh, how can we have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace to share the gospel with the unsaved world if we don't have the tangible, practical reality of God's peace in our soul? as believers. And so I would like to just begin this sermon today about the mustard seed faith that we would understand uh, these two character qualities and how powerful they are if we will look to God in prayer with faith no matter how weak our faith is and say God would you work these two character qualities so that I can be like your son the king. And the king dwells in me. And he always had composure. There was never a time in his life where he was not in perfect rest in doing the will of the Father and had perfect peace in accomplishing the supernatural works of God that the Father had led him to do. And God can do the same uh, with us. Now these mystery parables in uh, Matthew chapter 13 are intended for believers to give us understanding, to give us clarity. Uh, these mystery parables for the unbeliever is to hide the truth 
but these mystery parables for the believer is to reveal the truth. And I'd like you to look at Matthew 13, and I'd like you to look at verse 11. He says in verse 11, uh, It is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. It's God's will for us to have understanding about his kingdom and how it operates in our daily life, in the kitchen, in the garden. I'm talking about the ordinary things of life, the common everyday things of life. These two parables, uh, the mustard seed parable and the parable about the leaven, are parables that are taken out, out of the ordinary, everyday types of things that happen in life. The uh, leaven parable is taken out of a mother in the kitchen making bread, and a uh, uh, mustard seed parable is taken out of the garden of, 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 of a man in his garden planting seed, uh, like typically a lot of men would do uh, who have a garden. And so God takes the ordinary. He takes the common. He takes the simple. He takes the least, the littlest, and the last. The person that thinks, well, I don't have the same abilities that other people have. I can't do what other people can do that has that great impression uh, of uh, ability. And uh, again, I want to say, that's what this mustard seed is all about. Every believer is given understanding by God, by His Spirit, so that we can understand the power of His kingdom in us and through us. We're talking about every believer. <clears throat> when you pray, Thy kingdom come, God's will be done. God can answer that prayer in your life practically. When, we, uh, when the Lord talked about uh, Matthew 6, 33, which, by the way, in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, uh, which is the greatest sermon that's ever been preached, uh, a major portion of that sermon, if you look at it, he kept talking about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, blessed are they that are persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, he talked about in Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God. And if you do seek first daily, practically, in the ordinary moments of your life, ordinary minutes of your life, ordinary circumstances of your life, if you relate that to the kingdom, God says, I'll take care of every temporal need you have. You won't have to be worried about the temporal needs. If you understand the frame of reference of interpreting life situations from God's frame of reference, which is God's kingdom. Uh, understanding God's frame of ref reference from his kingdom operation. That's these, uh, these eight parables in Matthew 13 is God giving us his frame. I don't know if you've ever seen those uh, three rows of three dots. And uh, uh, the, the challenge is uh, with four straight lines uh, to cover all of those dots without lifting your uh, pencil uh, from the paper. And the only way it can be done, if you have a small frame, 
and you're trying to connect those dots that way, it can't be done. But if you enlarge the frame, you go outside the box, you go outside, you know, the, the three rows there, that, and, you, and you have just a small frame about it. But if you enlarge it, it can be done. And so this is what God's kingdom is all about. God enlarges our capacity in our soul to supernaturally respond to life situations relating what's happening to us, what's happening in the community, what's happening in the world, what's happening in man's kingdoms. We're able to know the news behind the news. We're able to have spiritual discernment, spiritual understanding. We're able to understand how God is working in supernatural ways, regardless of what's happening in man's kingdom. What's going on in God's kingdom? And uh, one day, you know, Nebuchadnezzar went out and he said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built? And uh, God put him out to pasture for seven years in his mind. He wasn't in his right mind. But when he got his senses back, it's a very important, uh, 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 as, as far as the frame and our spiritual equilibrium and being able to interpret what's happening in life properly and look at it properly and especially not be filled up with pride and ego as Nebuchadnezzar was. If we're going to interpret it properly, when, when Nebuchadnezzar got his senses back, here's what he said in Daniel, I believe it's in Daniel chapter 4, he, he said, God does according to his will in heaven and on earth and none can stay his hand and so that's when he got his senses back that's when he was in his right mind and that's when you and i will be in our right mind when we relate what's going on in our life as i said last sunday in our message to the sovereignty of god the kingdom of God, that God rules and he overrules in all the affairs of life. Now, let's just read this uh, in verse 31 and 32. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds but when it is grown, it is the greatest among the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches of it. About two or three weeks ago, I was uh, here in my office and I was meditating, prayerfully studying uh, these parables and uh, mustard seed parable and uh, the others. And uh, I began to uh, notice outside, there's these tall trees outside across the street from the church here. The leaves had already started to form on the trees, and they're very tall trees. And I began to notice there was a chorus all across those trees because they were so high up and those leaves are there. The birds were up in those trees, and they were singing. They were whistling. It was like a chorus. I said, why are they singing like that? Why are they whistling like that? Together in one accord, in unison. And it thought occurred to me, when those trees were bare, 
They weren't up there singing when those trees were bare. They they're up there singing and whistling when they thought they were in. They they knew their safety, they knew their security, they knew their protection. They were hidden behind those leaves. They knew they were way up in those trees. They had a sense of sanctuary, a sense of being protected. And beloved, that's what it's like in our life when we understand the kingdom of God, when we understand the majesty of his kingdom, the glory of his kingdom, the certainty of his kingdom, the, the two parables of the leaven and the mustard seed, there's nothing uncertain, there's nothing hanging in the balance, there's no question marks here as to the increase of God's kingdom and the purposes and the plans of God's kingdom being accomplished. There's, there's no uncertainty to it. The mustard seed indeed produces the great tree. The leaven indeed produces the loaf that enlarges. There's no question mark in between in the workings of God. And if there's one thing that we need in our life, we need to trust God to take away the question marks about life and put a period to it. Put an exclamation point to it. As we live each day in this life, there's no question mark as to God's will being done. There's no uncertainty as to his kingdom ruling and overruling in all the affairs of men. Uh, God got a plan. He's working his plan. And none can stay his hand. And so it's always a, we can sing with praise. We can sing with thanksgiving. We can sing with worship. We can have a chorus together of his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And his dominion is an everlasting dominion. And of his kingdom there is no end. It sets you free in your soul. It liberates you from being burdened down with care because you've got the frame of his kingdom, a kingdom perspective on life. You're seeking first his kingdom. In your prayer life, you're relating what you're praying about to how can this advance God's kingdom? How can I cooperate with God in what he's doing in his kingdom? God's moving forward. He's building his church. And he said the gates of hell at the highest level will not prevail against his church and his kingdom. And so there's much here to sing about, much here to give praise to God about, much here to have, uh, to have faith. There's three times that the Lord mentions mustard, seed, faith. And uh, one of those three, they're all very um, uh, helpful as far as the wisdom and the understanding of God's kingdom and how to pray with faith, mustard seed faith, how to live with mustard seed faith and understand God's kingdom with mustard, mustard seed faith and how the mountains in our life can be moved because of the uh, mustard seed faith. And so... Uh, I want to thank God that there's a, in Matthew 17, there is a, a parable 
uh, uh, explanation uh, that Jesus gave uh, about mustard seed faith when he came down off of the Mount of Transfiguration. And God willing, I'd like to preach a whole sermon uh, on that. And so um, when the Lord came down off of the Mount of Transfiguration, he talked about what he is able to do uh, supernaturally, even when we think it's impossible to be done. And so I want to uh, go over to uh, some examples of how this mustard seed uh, principle operates. First of all, we have the shepherds, the shepherds in the field. And the shepherds uh, got the announcement from the angels, the birth announcement about Jesus' birth. Now, you would have thought that birth announcement would have went to the higher-ups in Jerusalem by the angels uh, and not to the shepherds. The higher-up in uh, Judaism, the leadership. In fact, as a matter of fact, God did give them a birth announcement through uh, the wise men that came. Uh, but those uh, higher-ups in Jerusalem, as far as we know, there was no movement whatsoever towards Bethlehem when they heard the birth announcement. Uh, but those shepherds, uh, and they were, they, what it tells us is here's how the mustard seed works. They were keeping watch over their flock by night. They were being faithful in the little things of life. They were, as the Bible said, it's required of a steward that he be found faithful. Faithful in the kitchen. Faithful in the garden. Faithful in the ordinary, common, everyday things of life. If we'll be faithful in the responsibilities that God has given us, no matter how small, no matter how insignificant, if we'll have faith as the grain of a mustard seed to accomplish those responsibilities that seem so menial and so tiny, God will work supernaturally through our faithfulness in the little things. In Luke 16, Jesus said, if you're not faithful in the little things, you won't be faithful in the greater things. And so God's kingdom power starts in the little things of life, the mustard seed things of life. And of course, uh, the shepherds, when they got the birth announcement from the angels, they said, let us go at once and see this thing which has come to pass. They had faith. They believed. They had spiritual discernment, unlike the higher-ups in the uh, Judaism leadership. Uh, they understood uh, mustard seed faith and God's faithfulness. As they were being faithful in little things, they had spiritual discernment about greater things. Now, there's another illustration of um, uh, a lady in the Old Testament. She's called a little maid. A little maid. And uh, if you take time to do a search in your Bible about little and how God works through little things, uh, you'll find this a, a very astounding uh, Bible search, Bible discovery type of a study. Because as I've already said, little is much when God is in it. And it's amazing to me that we don't even know uh, the maid's name. All we know about her is that God says she was a little maid, but she was faithful in serving others. Just like Joseph, when he was in prison, he could have been bitter, 
He could have been angry. Why am I in this prison unjustly? But instead, he was faithful in that prison with the people that God had placed around him to serve those in prison. And God used his serving those who were in prison to eventually he used those same people for his own release out of prison. And here we have this little maid uh, serving those in high places. And, you know, the Bible says, do you see a man diligent in his business? Just that one character quality of being diligent in serving, diligent in giving, diligent in ministry. It says, if you see a man diligent in his business, he's going to have an impact on important people. It says he will not stand before unimportant unimportant people who have opportunity to influence very significant people. And this is what happened with the little maid, which uh, led to um, the leprosy of Naaman uh, being healed, supernatural works uh, taking place uh, because she was faithful in the little things and God in his kingdom power opened up miracles to happen in more powerful, greater ways. And then we also have the example of uh, David. How was it that God moved uh, David uh, to the battlefield where Goliath was? His father asked him to do a little, simple, ordinary task. Take these 10 loaves and these uh, 10 cheese to uh, your brothers on the battlefield. And because David was diligent in a menial task, he was faithful in little things, in doing the Father's instruction, uh, that's what brought David to the battlefield. When he got to the battlefield, his brother began to uh, accuse him of pride and ego. And he talked about those few sheep that you left behind. And he was insinuating, you're not an important person. You're not a significant person like us out here on the battlefield. All you do is take care of those few sheep. Well, David, in being faithful in the responsibilities that God had given him in taking care of those few sheep, he had proven the power of God in his life. He had proven what God was able to do. And, be, and beloved, if you're faithful in whatever little task, little assignment, little responsibility, listen, whether it's a cup of cold water you give in Christ's name, whether it's you eating or drinking, do it all as to God, do it all in the name of God. Do it all in the reality of the kingdom of God. God's kingdom is God's kingdom power and God's kingdom working is full of little, ordinary, common, everyday types of situations. If we have just a smidgen of mustard seed faith and enlarge our frame to see the greatness of God in the ordinary things, the common things. And so uh, here was uh, David. He tried on, he tried to uh, use Saul's armor, and he tried to do it the ordinary way. But I want to just say again, God's ways are not man's ways. And when God is doing something like when he sent uh, the nation of Israel into battle to conquer the city of Jericho, 
the strategy he gave them, it seemed foolish. It seemed ridiculous. You're going to march and shout, and that's how you're going to conquer the city? Well, somebody that understands the kingdom of God and uh, the way God works in his kingdom, they understand the weapons of our warfare are not carnal weapons. What God uses to move his kingdom forward to the world appears to be foolishness. They don't even see why. Why in the world would you be approaching what you're doing that way? Well, it's because God's ways are not man's ways. God loves to show his power through weakness and little things. As it says in 1 Corinthians, that's why not many mighty and not many noble are called, because they see the powers in these normal carnal types of positions and carnal types of methods. And God says, no, the strength of my kingdom is totally different from how man normally operates in his kingdom. And it says that, that's why it says, let him glory. In that same context, it says, let him glory, glory in the Lord. This was accomplished by God. This wasn't accomplished by man's ingenuity. This was not accomplished by man's reasoning. This was not accomplished by man's being so great in their ability to organize and so forth. It's not by human might. It's not by human power, but it's by God's spirit supernaturally through his people that his will is done and his kingdom comes. And when it's accomplished, we all look at it and we say, to God be the glory. Little is much when God is in it. And so when David went up against Goliath, he had a frame that was enlarged. He had a frame of already proven in the little things of his life the power of God. And when he went up against Goliath, he, he had spiritual discernment. Because of his faithfulness in the little things, he had spiritual discernment about the battle. And when he went up against Goliath, he said, You come to me with a, a sword and a shield. But he says, I come to you in the name of my God. What's at stake here is not about my name. It's not about my ability. What's at stake here is you are challenging God himself. And so David had, he'd already said to his brother earlier, is there not a cause? When he said, is there not a cause? He meant God's kingdom, God's name, God's glory. It's amazing what God will do supernaturally when we're concerned about his name, his kingdom. And his glory, I've seen that in my life over the years. When I get my focus off of myself and I put my focus on what God wants to do to glorify himself in the midst of inadequacy, in the midst of insufficiency, in the midst of knowing you don't have the ability yourself. It's got to be God that accomplishes it. So we have these illustrations uh, in the scriptures and I just want to see if I uh, well, there was one more here I wanted to, to give. I wanted to mention Rebecca. You know, uh, Abraham uh, sent his servant out to find a bride for Isaac. That's an awesome responsibility if you're going to try to ride for somebody. And the servant prayed, and he asked God to answer his prayer based on a ordinary type of a task in the everyday experience of life. 
and it had to do with when Rebecca came uh, to the well, uh, her offering to give the camels water to drink as well as giving him water to drink. It was a uh, ordinary, simple, what you might call an everyday type of operation. But that was no little decision that day. That was no little volunteering that day that took place in her life. By her being faithful to offer to uh, uh, do that responsibility in the ordinary things of life, God used it to uh, reveal His will as to who she would marry. Supernatural things. So much so that the servant bowed in prayer, in worship and praise to God for His supernatural workings through the confirmation He had given in the ordinary task of life. You say, Pastor, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say... Do you envision in your life, no matter how insufficient, no matter how inadequate, no matter how weak you may think you are, compared to other people, which is a trap, it's a trap to say, well, what can I do compared to other people? Don't ever measure yourself that way. It's not what you can do compared to other people. It's what you can do compared to who Jesus Christ is in you. And the Holy Spirit in you. And you're being able to understand the Word of God and obey the Word of God and, 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 and follow what it says in the Word of God about, uh, for instance, greatness in God's kingdom. Uh, we normally think a uh, great uh, thing that makes a man great is uh, how many people uh, serve him. But God says, in my kingdom, it's not how many people that serve you that makes you important. In my kingdom, it's how many people you serve. So every believer has the opportunity to prove the power of God in his life by the people we serve, by seeing ourselves as a servant to every person we meet sincerely in our heart, meaning that, sincerely in our heart, accomplishing that. So uh, this mustard seed faith, it's powerful. You may say, well, I don't, even, I don't even have much faith. You don't have to have much faith. It's not how much faith you have. Listen, it's not faith in your faith that allows God to work supernaturally. It's faith in the faithful one. It's faith in God himself. It's faith in who God is. It's faith in who Jesus Christ is. Uh, looking unto Jesus, he's the author. He's the finisher of our faith. It's not us working it up. It's the wonder of who Jesus Christ is. It's a wonder of who the King is in us so that His kingdom operation of His life can be made manifest. So I'd just like to say to all of us, and saying it to myself afresh and anew, may we understand the enlargement of the frame of how we look at ourselves and our potential of what God can do. Not because of who we are, but because of who He is. So that we can all trust God with mustard seed faith, even if it's just a smidgen of faith. Well, what makes it powerful is who Christ is. A smidgen of faith to really believe who Jesus Christ is 
God will work uh, supernaturally. It's the vigor of your faith. It's the vigor of believing that what God says is true about his son that makes possible these supernatural works in God's kingdom in tangible, practical ways in everyday life uh, coming to pass. Well, let's pray together. Our Father, I pray that uh, we'd all take a look at the five loaves and the two fishes, and we may be looking at it and say, well, what do I have to offer? I don't have much to offer. But when we take the five loaves and the two fishes and we put it in your hands, we thank you that you can work supernaturally to glorify yourself, that many people can be impacted as far as their needs being met. We thank you, Father, that little is much when God is in it. And I pray you would enlarge our soul, enlarge the capacity of our soul. Eye hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of any man what God can do through any believer to those that love him and believe his word and rest upon the power of the Son of God and not put our uh, uh, evaluation of our ability in our strength, but realize we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Lord, bless us as your church in these days that we might be the means sincerely of your kingdom coming through our life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.